Your website is the front door of your business, but the way teams build and optimize is broken. Stuck between inflexible templates and cumbersome codependent solutions, there's a better, faster way. Enter Webflow, a visual-first platform that empowers you to create freely. Now you can ship web pages in weeks instead of months and save millions in development costs. These are the real results for companies like Orange Theory, Dropbox, and IDEO. Get started today at webflow.com. Webflow, more than a website builder. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I'm talking with Janie Whiteside, who is the Chief Customer Officer of Walmart. Janie, hi and welcome to the show. Hi Nadine, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. You've been a very busy lady recently, and I'm very excited about all your fun things that you're doing. Tell me a little bit about your role and why you decided to take that on. Yeah, so I've now been at Walmart about 10 months, and you may wonder why I made a move from American Express to Walmart. And really, the move for me was about how do you move to an organization which is really a in an existential battle so it's in this it's in this existential battle we have lots of formidable competitors but clearly the most formidable competitor is amazon and it's really this battle for the ultimate bricks and mortar player who's now moving online and how do you think about that relative to you know the ultimate digitally native company that's now moving into bricks and mortar but what attracted me to walmart really was the story um, at its heart it is a startup. It is you know, a startup that has grown to become the world's biggest company. And the values and the passion and the dedication to really democratizing retail and treating people with humanity and integrity and focusing on bringing great product at amazing prices and working hard to extract money from everything we do and give that back to the customer is so embedded in the hearts of the people that work at Walmart and the associates all the way from the associates in the store to to Doug himself. It's kind of hard to resist. And how do you help bring together a view of the customer and help the organization think about what it takes to compete in a world that now requires you to be excellent in bricks and mortar, but also excellent in channels which are new um, to the company and in, and think of things in new ways and tell your story in, in different ways really was just such a intellectual challenge um, that I couldn't resist it. And so I really think about my job as, as understanding the role Walmart could play, can play and should play in customers' lives and making sure that we're really putting that exclamation point on the customer experience in every interaction that we have and that we're creating one seamless Walmart experience and one that's contextual and consistent and frictionless no matter where or how the the customer wants to engage with us. So we don't have a store customer or a a dot-com customer. It's one customer and one day they might be in the store and the next day they might be ordering online. One day they might be ordering for something that they're happy to have come in two days. 
Uh, sometimes they're ordering something that they want to pick up in the store that afternoon. Um, and that's why we're working hard to make sure that we have the right structures and services in place to be able to provide convenient ways for people to be able to access Walmart whenever they want. So the other thing that's different, I think, about my role is the combination of functional elements that we've combined. So there is customer science and customer experience, and that's, so that's our data and our insights and, and metrics and day-to-day, how are we identifying customer needs, understanding customers' journeys, and bringing those to the organizations and solve across the organization versus in silos. We have the product organization, and so that is you know, the design thinkers, and the, the UX people and the UI, you know, the UI people and the product managers who are working with the engineers to develop product uh, in its physical and, and, and digital sense. As we think about solving problems for customers like returns. How do we allow customers to buy things online and return them in various ways, including in our stores? I have the CMO organization and Barbara Messing, who I know you've spoken to, uh, is within my team. So she's you know, obviously developing uh, demand for the brand and awareness and, and, and consideration. I have the customer care organization. So how do we think about the service that we're delivering to our customers if they have questions and once they bought something with us? And, and how do we think about that as, as part of the ongoing customer experience? And finally, I uh, lead the JET organization. Uh, and so how are we thinking about using JET as a brand to allow us to attract new customers operate in, in new areas, which perhaps haven't been the, the traditional heartland for Walmart, and frankly, attract new brands to the Walmart franchise. So it's a unique portfolio, and I love the opportunity to be able to think about the customer from end to, to end across the organization. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I love that. I have so many questions for you already that just popped into my head, but since you just mentioned Jet, I just wanted to pause there for a second because I remember Jet before you acquired them, you being Walmart and culturally and structurally, one would think you're two very different organizations uh, because of the nature of, of the companies. But how does that feel nowadays? Because it's been a while that, that you've been bringing them in and integrating them into your portfolio. How do you think about Jet specifically? So, look, I think what's important about JET is that we tread the line of helping incubate everything that is great about JET, the brand, the product, the experience, the talent, and let it operate with the soul that it had when it was created. And that requires us to not bog down JET. So we've, in many ways, softly ring-fenced it so that it can still move with the speed and the agility and the integrity of the jet brand, who's frankly serving a different customer in a different geography. Having said that, I think the positive thing for jet is it can take advantage of leveraging the scale that Walmart brings. It's allowed us to do things much more quickly than jet would be able to do on its own, like develop its own private label brands like Uniquely J. Right, leverage the scale conversations that are going on with some of the brands who may be willing to put different products onto Jet than they would on, on Walmart.com. It gives us the capacity to be able to create curated experiences for, for brands and think about them in, in a different way. So it's really the balance of allowing the soul and the experience of Jet to continue, but you know, allowing it to run faster by giving access to, to the things that come with being part of Walmart. 
Cool. Okay, so super interesting. Um, I could probably go really, really deep on jet because it's so it's so cool. But let's let's keep going backwards. So customer care. Can you talk a little bit about how you set that team up, or you know, the specific agenda items that they're focused on? Yes, customer care is our digital and phone contact center. So if you uh, if you want to call us, or you want to talk to us, uh, whether that is. Uh, on the phone or, or via email, it's our contact centers that we have around the country and uh, you know and around the world that is the service and customers. So that's a, that's the sort of more traditional operational contact centers, and we're thinking about how you think about managing that in the context of customer value and what are the digital tools that we need to have to support customers, but quite frankly, solve pain points. So they don't need to call us, so they can self-serve or that they have a great experience uh, that doesn't require them to, to have to talk to us. On the front end, I have two teams. One is the customer strategy and experience team, and that's really set up uh, customer science. You can imagine the lake of data that we sit on about our customers and the richness of data that we have, and increasingly augmenting that with structures and unstructured data from other sources so that we can get a really great view of the customer. I have a team that is very focused on metrics and measurement, and that's everything from thinking about sort of this next iteration of net promoter score to system. It's about the operational metrics that we use day in and day out that store managers and and, and our operations people use to to measure what they're doing and feeding that back in to to make the changes we need in, in behalf of the customer. And then at customer experience team who really are taking the information, looking at journeys and starting to say, where do we need to make change in order to eliminate pain that we are putting customers through, solve problems on behalf of customers and quite frankly, anticipate where we think they're going and make sure that we've got the right experiences ready, ready for those. So, you know, a big one I mentioned before would be something like returns as we go deeper into the into the online business, you know, our business has first-party products that are sold by Walmart, for, uh, for, for instance, and then third-party products. How are we making sure that customers who buy something on our website have really easy, delightful ways to be, to be able to return those products? It doesn't really matter to them whether it's a produced and sold by Walmart product or it's a produced and sold by somebody else product that they accessed on, on our website. If they want to take it back to the store, they want to take it back to the store. That sounds easy, but does hard operationally. And so thinking through what we need to do in able to be able to solve those sorts of problems for the customers uh, is, is really what that team works on day in and day out. Okay. So again, super cool. And there is a method to my madness. I mean, I'm asking you these questions because this is fascinating that you have this role as chief customer officer and all these things that roll into you traditionally have been in different parts of the organization and in particular some parts of that outside of marketing uh, but now let's talk about the cmo role reporting into you so marketing also reports into you can you talk a little bit about that and, and yes i love barbara messing by the way she, she's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. yeah so look the reality of this is like barbara's got the cmo job down right so I, and, and in the role of what does the walmart brand stand for how do we tell that story and how do we inject humanity into what is ostensibly a, you know, a functional business. So the retail business is functional in its very nature. What makes Walmart different, I think, and Barbara thinks, is, is our humanity and that we are a people-led 
tech-enabled business is really different for us relative to some of the other competitors out in the marketplace. So digging underneath that and being able to tell our story in a really human way is a lot of what Barbara's focused on. And how do you do that for the brand? As you can imagine, given the breadth of Walmart, the what we would call the tonnage of marketing that she has to produce day in and day out is nothing short of overwhelming on, on many days, right? Because it's everything from, you know, the signage in the stores through to, you know, social media and our presence there, everything we might want to do in terms of any of our paid media. And, you know, that's many, many, many hundreds of millions of dollars um, through to how we think about our reputation and what we do there. And a lot of the work that we're doing right now to really dig in to the local communities and make sure that we are supporting A, our associates and the things that they want to do in their communities, but B, understanding and delivering on the role that Walmart, quite frankly, plays in a lot of communities. We are a major employer in many communities. We are um, driving a lot of investment in communities in terms of some of the things that are going on. So how do we... A, make sure those things are happening and we facilitate great ways for associates to be able to support the things that they're passionate about, but B, help tell those stories uh, and, and do those in different ways. And so Barbara drives all of that and the connection point back and what I help her with is connecting that back into how are we evolving who we think the customer is and how we're solving journeys for them uh, and the sorts of solutions we're creating that help her tell those stories in different ways. I love that. Okay, so this is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing um, all that insight. It it is mind-boggling how much you oversee. So how did you get to this spot in your career? How did you prepare for this role? (laughs) By having a, a myriad of disparate experiences, which... I would love to be able to sit here and tell you that my career is a series of well thought out and active choices that I made that allowed me to add experiences along the way. The reality is it has been a series of some planned, some unplanned, some happen chance experiences, all of which I think have been you know, accretive, but that have taken me from a career that started in banking into a career that then into what went into finance, which went into really sort of analytics. I was, you know, I was doing pricing. And so that's really like an analytical role and an awakening that it was kind of boring doing the, like doing the back end pricing work. And people would ask me what I did. And I would basically say, well, I run spreadsheets and, and, you know, and advise the business based on spreadsheets about the implications of their actions. And the marketing people, who at the time I was at American Express, and the marketing people literally sat on the other side of the the floor. And you could see what they were doing, and it looked really interesting. And they were having a lot of fun, and they had a really tangible outcome for their work. You would drive down the street and see a billboard at the time, or you know, the product development people, you were carrying their products in, in your pocket. And I sort of had this awakening that that looked like it was going to be more fun. And perhaps I could parlay everything that I learned through my experiences into that world in in a different way. And I was incredibly lucky that a leader gave me a chance and let me move into, into the product development organization with a view that because I had a background in finance, and at the time we were, this is when we were entering the credit card market. 
uh, in American Express. I would understand the financial components of what made up the credit card. And so I could learn my way into, you know, the sort of the, the product piece and the, and the customer side. And uh, from there, it's really been a whole gamut of product development, product management, sales, business development, pure marketing, operational, and then combination roles uh, over time that have, that have got me to where I am today. But I like the idea of being able to operationalize ideas on behalf of the customer. And, you know, the, the sort of more logical side of my brain really likes the idea of digging in and figuring out how do you use data to inform change? And then how do you impact that change by operationalizing it? So you have now got to the this incredible place in your career and you went through all these different experiences along the way. Can you share an incredible piece of advice that's just stuck with you since? I've been lucky to have a lot of people and still have a lot of people who are ruthless in the feedback they give me, which is a good thing, and also incredibly generous in the, in the advice they give me. Um, uh, one of which is trust your gut. Uh, and, you know, when you think that something doesn't feel right, trust it and keep and keep pushing until until you can get comfortable with the answer um and you know in the world that we're all in and in the marketing and and the customer world when something doesn't feel right about the story you're telling or um things that you're doing on behalf of the customer chances are they're not and it's important to keep digging and understanding why why does it not feel right uh and and drive and driving that um and just not being satisfied with the answer, which, which, you know, quite often is, well, it's okay, or it's easier, or we've always done it like that. Nowadays, you know, customers have too many choices, and that's, that's just not good enough an answer. Love that. Thank you. Um, wow. Okay, so I'm sure you probably have an entire book filled with tips and tricks. Let's talk about um, mentors and sponsors and advocates and your you're thinking on that. Who's really impacted you in your journey, and and how are you thinking about helping your team grow? Yeah, so look, I've been really lucky, as I mentioned, to have tons of advocates and sponsors and mentors. I moved from uh, HSBC, the bank, to American Express because an old leader of mine at HSBC called me and said, "Hey, we have this." We have this great opportunity. I think you'd be really good at it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't really want to. I don't really want to move. And and he said, No, no, no. Just just come have a conversation. And that moved me from HSBC to, to American Express. As I mentioned, um, you know, when I had the wacky idea that I wanted to move into marketing, again, somebody took a chance on me. Um, later in, you know, a few years down the line, um, I joined in the marketing team. And within six months, my boss and my boss's boss uh, had. Uh, left and I was a newly promoted kind of director of new product development reporting to the president of, of the international marketing team who at that point lived in Monaco uh, and I was based in, in London and I remember him once saying to me um, talking to Janie is a bit like drinking from a fire hose I, I think what you're saying is really smart but I just can't comprehend it because you talk too fast and it's a whole lot of stuff that I don't understand because I was talking about card technology and all sorts of things um, but he was super willing and gave me a year and then said, you know what, I'm going to give you a chance at your boss's job. 
Uh, I'm going to put you in that job and take a chance on you. Uh, and, you know, that was a real transformational moment for me because it, it cemented that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd made the right choice um, and that this is where I wanted to be. And then along the line, you know, I was really lucky at American Express because for the, every two years, they would come and ask me to, to take on a new opportunity, whether that was a bigger job or a slight pivot, and were really thoughtful about helping me go along that journey. And there were many, many people um, who've helped uh, through that. And then, look, as I went through uh, thinking through moving, I had a series of people who I talked to. I mean, I'm really lucky to have a very important support system at home. And Diego gives me a lot of advice on a lot of things and great feedback, sometimes good and sometimes stuff I don't want to hear but need to hear. So I am incredibly lucky to have that system, you know, and have a really great kind of kitchen cabinet and make sure that I have people around me who I can I can get really honest advice for. Um, wow. Mentoring is a couple of things. So one is making sure that I stay in contact. There are still many people that I mentored along the way at Amex who I am still in very active contact with. Sometimes that's you know, a touch base once a month. Many of them will just text me, what do you think about X, Y, Z? Or how do I think about things? One of them, uh, Rich Lerfeldt, I'm just bringing over to be part of uh, Barbara's team. So I'm super excited about bringing him over and, and the value he's going to be able to add. Um, and inside Walmart already, there are a couple of people who, a couple of people within the team and then a couple of people uh, outside of the team who've asked me to to dig in and, and mentor them. And um, I'm excited to do that, just to be able to offer a different sort of perspective to people, um, particularly people who, like me, are not career merchants. And so I get to mentor them, which is great, but I also get to learn from them because they're also facing the same sorts of challenges. So that's great. I, and, and thank you for doing that. It's so important that everybody um, contributes to helping grow our talent in the industry or being a great mentee uh, as well and, and bringing new thinking to the table for your mentor. I think we, if we all did that, be a mentor and be a mentee, we would just all grow, is my opinion, I think. I agree. With you. you know, um, I had one person who came to me and said uh, a couple of years ago, would you mentor me? So I said, okay, all right, I'm happy to do that. Uh, get some time in the diary. So, you know, they, 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 came, they came and sat down and I said, okay, so what do you want to talk about? And they just sat there and said, I don't know. I was thinking you'd share with me how to get promoted. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so this mentorship is not going to work for me. Um, and so I'm really glad that you mentioned, I think, I think it's really important as a, as a mentor of people and somebody who is mentored to make sure that you're coming to that relationship, thinking, you know, thinking that both people are going to get something out of it, but both people need to put work into it. And so it only works when the mentee is thoughtful about where do I want to get advice? What am I going through? And how can we talk through, you know, how can we talk through areas that I'm trying to tackle myself? Absolutely. 100% agree. And unfortunately, we're coming up out of time, or I would ask you a million more questions about this, or I just keep chatting with you because um, I love your perspective. But I do have, I have one funny thing, and I have my final question coming. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I have to say the funny thing. Uh, and so, Janie, you can stop me if you want. But I remember when you and I first started chatting, it's been several months now, and I was saying, Janie, I'd love to have you on CMO Moves. And you said, yeah, okay, that's, that's good. Um, and I said, have you heard of CMO Moves? And you said, 
yes, I have. My husband's an alum. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't ever recall interviewing a Mr. Whiteside. I, 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 what? And I was totally stumped. I was totally stumped. And I, I said, okay, Janie, I, I'm dying here. Who's your husband? And you said, Diego Scotty. And I was like, oh my God, that is crazy. Um, and and I, I was surprised. And I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people know that, uh, you know, that you guys are, are married, but I didn't know. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know, but for those of you who don't know, Diego Scotty is the CMO of Verizon. So now you have two incredibly challenged time-wise people with big, big jobs in under one roof. What is that like? Uh not as manic as everybody thinks it is, I think, to some degree. Everybody just assumes it's crazy, and it is. It just takes a lot of planning. The good news is both Diego and I are very, very focused on planning. Like, we're both logical and like to think things through, so we, we plan a lot. And, you know, it's making choices. So we make a lot of choices about where we spend our time and, and what we do, and it's important for us to spend time together and to spend time as a family. So that's what we do. Uh, and, and, and we make it work. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's time challenge these days, but um, less, less hectic than you might think, I'd like to hope. Well, that gives me hope, but just even hearing that. So that's, that's wonderful to hear. I'm so glad you guys have been able to figure out the trick to balance. Maybe you two have to co-write a book someday uh, for the rest of us out here. Um, <laughs> excellent. Okay. So speaking of choices, this is my last question. I'm going to help you make a choice. I'm going to take money and talent off the table. Consider you have those in unlimited bounds on anything you can want or imagine. If they weren't your obstacle, what would you be doing? One of two things. I'd either run my own fashion boutique or I'd be a soul cycle instructor. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we just so I always used to say on the latter um, that I... When SoulCycle went to London, I was going to be their first instructor because I didn't feel like I had the uh, capacity and accent to be able to be as motivational as I might need to be uh, in a SoulCycle class in New York, but I could deal with it when they were in London. And now they're opening in London, uh, and I feel like I've missed the boat there. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, I don't think you've you've quite missed the boat there at all. Uh, we just featured uh, Melanie Wellen, who is the CEO of SoulCycle, last week on Women Trailblazers, uh, and she is fierce. Um, and so we'll connect you two, and I'm sure she can she can find you a job as an instructor someplace if that's what you want. So, funnily enough, uh, Melanie and I are good friends. And speaking of how you make things work. Her and I connect often at the bus stop in the morning because her kids catch the bus literally just around the corner from where my kids catch the school bus. So I saw her this morning. I saw her, I saw her on Monday morning. So we have a little powwow at the bus stop. I love it. Does she know you want to be a fitness instructor for her? She knows I want to be a socialized instructor. She's told me that uh, she's observed my riding. She's just waiting for me to have my, you know, my signature song, and then I'm good to go. <laughs> I love I it what she do but uh, but there you go <laughs> i love that okay cool well you have to keep us posted on on that development in your life that's great <laughs> <laughs> okay wow oh well jd thanks so much for joining me today it's been such a fun conversation and i've so enjoyed chatting with you me too thank you so much thanks